Gemara Erubin has been sponsored by Mr. Isaac Jamal and his wife Celia for their success, for their children's success, health, happiness, beracha, parnasav, atzlaha, bechol maaseh yedehem. Daf Mem Gimel. Today's daf has been dedicated by Mr. Isaac Shebar in honor of the rabbi, the skill of Today's daf is being studied Baruch Rafael ben Miriam and Abraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihem began Eden. Amen. We are beginning on Daf Mem Bet Amud Bet. And we are about three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11 lines from the bottom. Last two words on the line. Amar Rav. Rav taught. Hilcheta keraban gamliel. Bidir vesahar vesefina. Which means, we learned in our Mishnah that if a Jew was taken out of his tomb on Shabbat, for example, by Goyim, and it was placed in a pen or a corral, or he finds himself on a boat. So according to the Bangam Liel, since that's an enclosed area, Bangam Liel held Mehalechet Kula. You're able to walk the entire area. Even though, let's say, it was outside his tomb, but he gave a leniency that since it's a walled area, you can carry throughout. The same thing regarding a boat. Shmuel Amar, Hilcheta Kerabang Gamliel Bisfina. Shmuel said, no. Halakha falls Rabban Gamliel regarding a boat specifically. Aval Bedir Vesahar, no. When it comes to the pen and the corral, no. Which means, if you remember in our Mishnah, we had a great mahluket, Negabe, a boat. Uh, Rabban Gamliel held a boat is considered an enclosed area, has walls, and therefore you can carry the entire boat. Mutar to carry the entire boat on Shabbat. Uh, according to Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Akiva in the Mishnah, they said no. On the boat that goes outside the tomb, you're only allowed to carry four amot on the boat. So here's Shemuel saying, we're going to take the alakhav Rabban Gamliel gabe a boat, that you can carry the whole uh, area of the boat. However, when it comes to Dirve Sahar, no. The point is, everybody holds it's permissible to carry throughout the boat. Rav and Shemuel. The Mahalukar is, do you take Rabban Gamliel by Dir and Sahar? But by a boat, everybody agrees. So the Gemara says, the Kulahalma Miat, Halakhak Rabban Gamliel Bisfina. Everybody's agreeing at least that the Halakhak is going to follow Rabban Gamliel. And the Gabe a, a boat. Meaning again, the boat went outside the tomb. Still, he's allowing you to carry the entire area. So the Gemara says, Maitama, what's the reason? What's the eter? Amar So Rabbah comes along and says, Since when Shabbat entered, he was on the boat, and he was within the walls of the boat, and the walls of the boat are considered a reshut yahid. So therefore, even though the boat now moves out, since in the Ayat of Shabbat you're within a walled area, so you can carry throughout the walled area. So bottom line is looking at the the walls of the boat as considered legitimate nechitzot. And therefore, uh, he is... Lenient. Now again, that would be different than the deer and the sahar. The deer and the sahar, he wasn't in the pen when Shabbat came in. There he was brought into the pen on Shabbat. So they already have a mahluk at Rav and Shemuel. Do you take that opinion the Gabbay deer and sahar? But the Gabbay, a boat, where you were on the boat going into Shabbat, and the boat has walls, so therefore Rav says, you have the mechitzot, therefore you can carry it 
throughout. Rabbi Zira Omar, Rabbi Zira gives a different reason. He says like this, Ho'il v'svina notalto mitchilat arba umanachto besof arba. So he says the Bizera, different logic. Since the boat is taking him from within four and bringing him out of four. What does he mean? It's got nothing to do with the fact that you have walls. That's not the issue. The issue is that it's a boat. So what's the, what's the logic? So Rashi brings down here three different interpretations to explain the Bizera. Let's read the Rashi together. Rashi is... Uh, the boat takes him from the beginning of four and brings him outside of four. Once the boat leaves the tomb, he never gets four amot. Because normally we say that wherever you have your shivita going into Shabbat, at least you have four amot. In that area, you always get four amot in the spot that you are. So the first shot is a boat. You could never get technically four amot. Why? The boat is constantly moving. Which means it's always moving. Every push, every move of the boat is more than four amot, meaning it's moving at a certain speed. The deen of getting four amot on a makom shivita does not apply the boat. Which means the boat never stopped uh, once in order to say that you're going to get your four amot. Which means it wants to say that a boat is different than any other item. A regular item, when you stop on land, finish, you have your four amot, stationary, finish, now already you cannot go out of the four amot. But a boat, since it's constantly moving, when Shabbat came in, it's constantly going outside and moving four amot, four amot, so therefore the law of giving you four amot doesn't kick in. Because you never had a time where the boat stopped in a certain spot that you're going to get your four amot. Therefore the whole law of saying that you only have four amot doesn't apply, therefore you can carry the entire boat. It's not like a regular tomb where you put your eruv before you at a certain spot. Let's say you were Kodesh Shavita, that is area you have your four amot. You can't go uh, uh, past it, let's say. You can walk up to your tomb, and then uh, you have the, the four amot around the, uh, the tomb. Here, the boat is constantly moving, so the law of the four amot area doesn't even kick in from the beginning. That's the first explanation. Second explanation, he says, Nishnah Harina, he gives a different explanation. He says that, let's say the boat is going east. Okay? And you're walking on the boat, to the back of the boat, let's say. You're walking west. So technically, you're constantly being brought back within your fu'amot. Because if the boat is going east, and you're walking back, so you're never walking out of the four amot, because the boat is always is going the opposite way than you're walking. So therefore, according to this pshatra, she has to learn that the whole case of the heter of the boat is only when the boat is traveling east, and you're walking to the back of the boat. Again, since you're walking to the back of the boat, and the boat's going forward, you're never walking outside of your amot, because the boat keeps on pushing you forward. So it's as if you're walking, but you're walking one way, but the boat is pulling you, pulling you back. So therefore, that she brings that pshat, he doesn't like it. He's because then you're limiting to the Mishnah. I mean, the Mishnah says, Metaltelet Kula. Now you tell me, Metaltelet Kula just means uh, the opposite way that the boat is going. That's a Dohak. Third explanation, which is that she's preferred explanation to the Bizera. He brings it down to its four lines. So the man of Bezeu, Lashon, Dodi, Rabbi Shimon, the Piyarab, the Shnah Harina, Kelomar, Keshe'oker et Naglo, Kodim Shiyanihenna, which means, really, the guy, I'd say, has four amot on the boat. Because bottom line, you're outside your tomb, you got your four amot. But what happens? When the guy puts his foot to walk, let's say, in his area of the boat, the boat pulls him outside his tomb. So he says that she... 
כשעוקרת רגלו קודם שיהיה ניחנה, הספינה מוציאה אותו מדלר אמות שלו, ונכנס לתוך דלר אמות אחרות. The boat puts him in a, a new zone, על כורחו, against his will. והאב יראה כמי שהוציאו נוכרי, חוץ מארבע אמותיו, ונתון לתוך ארבע אמות אחרות, שנותנים לו ארבע אמות, וכן לעולם. Which means the law is, if the goy takes you out on Shabbat, outside your home, what's the deen? You have four amot in that area. Okay, good. So every second you're getting a new four amot. Because the goy keeps on taking you out. There's no goy over here. This is the boat. So now the boat is like the goy. In the sense that against your will, you want to stay in this spot over here. So you walk for amot on the boat. Beautiful. Now all of a sudden the boat pulls you. Now you get a new four amot. Now the boat pulls you again. You get a new four amot. So therefore you constantly are refreshing your four amot to walk the entire boat. Because the boat is considered like the goy pulling you out against your will. So basically... That's the interpretation that, uh, that she prefers. The first explanation is the whole law doesn't apply. The whole law of just walking forward doesn't apply by a boat because it's constantly uh, moving and you never would corner the forward in the first place. Therefore, you can carry the whole boat. It's not, it's not a regular deen of uh, the tomb of Eruv. The, the third answer, which is he's saying really is, no, the law applies, but since you're always being dragged out by the boat, so therefore you always get a new fu'amot, and therefore you can always carry again. So basically we have two answers of how the sivana uh, of carrying on a boat outside the tomb works. Laba and Abizira. Laba's answer again is what? The walls. Bottom line, you're within walls going into Shabbat. The walls of the Mechitzot make it like a Rishut Yahid, therefore you can carry throughout. Abizira says no. The logic is that the boat is taking you from fu'amot, and pulling you out of Fu'amot. Therefore, Sevara, like the Goyim that are pulling the guy out, that he always has Fu'amot. In this case, he always gets a new Fu'amot, so constantly he can always uh, walk on the boat uh, because of such. So that's the two answers. Oh, so that's what I was going to discuss that. Very good. Okay, what I will discuss, let's say you drop anchor, let's say the boat stops. Then already how you do that. That's exactly what I was going to say in a second. So comes the Gemara and says... My Benayu, oh, the Gemara says, what's the halachic difference between Nabaz's answer and the Bizera's answer? So the Gemara says, few nafkaminot. Ika Benayu, shenafchatu dofne sefina. Let's say the uh, walls of the boat got diminished. She's going into Shabbat, let's say they were ten tefahim high, which makes it, let's say, a reshut yachid. Now let's say the walls got smaller. The walls, they, they broke now. So you have walls that are less than 10 tefahim. According to Rabbah, which is whole logic, because you're in walls of the Rishut Yahid. Once the walls get smaller, finished, you're not in these walls anymore. Therefore, you would not be allowed to carry throughout the whole boat. According to the Bizarat, that's got nothing to do with the walls. It's got to do with the fact that it's a boat. And a boat is moving. And therefore, you're constantly being taken out of your forward. So I don't care the size of the walls of the boat. So that would be one nafkamina, where Rabah would be mahmir, right? And according to the Bizera, you could still be mekeel to carry the whole way. Second nafkamina. Iname bekofetz misfina lisfina. If the person jumped from one boat to the other boat. Now, According to Rabbah again, his whole logic was, since going into Shabbat, you were in a walled area, right, you were in the walls of the boat, therefore you can carry on the boat. Ah, but if you would jump on Shabbat to another boat, you were not in those walled areas going into Shabbat. Therefore you would only have four amot on the second boat. Whereas according to the Bizerah, it's got nothing to do with four amot, or nothing to do with the walls of the boat. It's got to do with what? It has to do with the fact that you're on a boat. So what do I care if you're on the first boat or if you're on the second boat? Bottom line, the boat is pulling you, pulling you out. So again, we have a second nafkamina where Rabba will be mahmir and Rabbi Zira will be mekel. As a mahlukah rishonim, can you jump onto another boat once you're outside the tomb? That's already a whole mahlukah. Is it permissible to jump or not onto the second boat? Because you're really outside the tomb already. But the point is you dumped. So now on the second boat... Rabbah will tell you, well, you weren't on the second boat going into Shabbat. Therefore, these walls do not give you the fu'amot. However, the Bizerah will tell you, what's the difference? You're on a boat, you're on a boat. It's the same Sivarah's work. The boat's pulling you out, 
And the Muslim are constantly pulling you out every time you're being caught here. And therefore you can carry. So these are two nafkaminot where Rabah becomes mahmir and the bizera is uh, mekel. Comes again when says, Vera bizera, my lo amar kerava. Now we want to know why each opinion doesn't hold like the other opinion. Rabbi Zera, why doesn't he hold like Rabbi? Meaning, you have walls. How can we not look at the bolt very simply? There's walls, the tent of behind the walls, and therefore it's considered a shoot to hide if we should be able to carry on the whole boat. So Rabbi Zera will come along and say, Which means, the walls are not constructed in order to, to create, let's say, a private area. Walls of boats are made in order to stop the water from going on. Which is a haidush here. Well, you have walls, but what do I care what the walls are made for? Bottom line, the walls are, are ten. So the Mephashim explained like this, that once you're outside your tomb, so you can't just have walls. You can't just have mehitsot. You need mehitsot that are asuyot ledira. You remember when we learned by the case of a karpef, that's a betzatayim, so you can't just have walls to carry it. You have to have walls that were made with a specific intent. They were made for residency. So he says, yeah, you have walls that are tent of high. But the walls are not made for residency. The walls are made for keeping water out. So therefore, he's going to say, those do not make walls that are going to allow you to carry throughout the uh, whole boat. So therefore, you have to come on to his logic of what? The logic is the different, not the walls, it's not the boat. The boat keep on, keeps on moving outside the, uh, to a new area. So therefore, you constantly refresh your uh, ability to walk. Also, everybody, the other way. How come Rava doesn't subscribe to the Bizira's opinion? Which means, uh, even if you didn't have walls of tent fahim seemingly the boat is constantly moving, and you should say, you should always have a heter, uh, just to carry another fu'amot and another fu'amot. So Gabara says, you're right. You're right. When the boat is moving, there is no mahlokin. Everybody will agree, even the Raba, you don't have to come out to the inyan of the walls. Bottom line, just the boat is constantly moving, so therefore we'll take the last shad nashi, that's like the Guima pulling you out against your will. The boat keeps on pulling you out. And if every time it pulls you out, you have a new foramot and a new foramot. Therefore, technically, you can always carry uh, wherever you want on the boat. So therefore, everybody will agree. So what's the mahlokit? Rabbi Zira and Raba. So the Gemara says, Ki The mahlokit is where the boat stopped. Now, let's uh, understand... Uh, this Mahlokit, how are you going to understand it? So let's read the Dashi. It's a very, very interesting Dashi here. Let's see if we can figure it out. Ki pelige b'sha'amda. U b'sha'at amidata kanula dalir amotehin. Va'afilu ha'chesh sharer aban gamliel mishum avir mechitzot. Which means, when the boat stops, according to the way Rabbah understands, I don't care if the boat stops. Bottom line, you're still in the walls of Tent of Fahim. You were there going into Shabbat. doesn't matter to him whether it stops or not. But according to the first explanation of Rashi that said, the reason why you can carry the whole boat is because there was a never a time where you were Konei Yedal Ramot. Because the boat kept on moving. So it's not like you were stationary, and then you were Kone Yedal Ramot, and now you're stuck. Here, you were constantly moving, so there was never a time where your Fu'amot limit kicks in. However, once the boat stops the first time, at that point you were Kone Yedal Ramot. And therefore, according to Rabbi Zera, he'll say, once the boat stops once, I don't care now if it continues moving subsequently. Because since it stopped once, you mean, amot, finished, you're stuck. Jesus, according to the first explanation, what was the sevara? You were never kone yedalad amot, because the boat was always moving. Mashma, once you kone yedalad amot once, finished. I don't, care, I don't care if the boat continues to move now. Since you were kone yedalad amot, that's what she's telling you. That's what the yekrashi. Ubish'at amidata. 
This is going according to the first explanation in Nashi that we learned above. At the time that the boat stops, once you connect the Dalramot, according to this explanation, even if the boat continues to to move, finish. You got you you already bought your four amot. However, according to the second interpretation, the second interpretation's logic was what? That the boat is like the green that it keep on pulling you out against your will. So therefore, according to the second explanation, the boat stopped. Beautiful. So according to the boat stopped, at that point, you have your fu'amot. You're limited. However, now once the boat starts moving again, it's like goyim that are pulling you out. So therefore, you're going to get a new fu'amot. And the boat keeps on moving, so you keep on getting a new area to walk in. So there'll be enough kamina. If you go like the last answer in Nashi, only when the boat stops... Are you limited to your fu'amot? But once the boat continues to go again, it's like you're being pulled out of your area, and therefore you'll refresh and get a new one. Let's look at that sheet parentheses. Unishna batra, meaning according to the second answer that I brought above that she says, al sha'at amida nihliku. The only argument is when the boat is stopped. Al sha'at amida. But once the boat goes again, everybody will agree. Because that's like the green are pulling you out, like the boat's pulling you out, therefore, and you keep on getting new form because the boat keeps on moving from place to place. So there'll be enough kamina between the first and last answer of Rashi and how to learn this answer of that the Mahlokan is Bishat Amida. According to the first answer, once the boat stops the first time, finish. You if the boat continues moving again, it's over. Because you Kone Yidalamot the first time. According to this according to Bizera, of course. According to the second answer, no. The boat stops, you're right. But once the boat continues to, to go again, they pull you out. So you keep on getting a new farm. Therefore, you can constantly walk on the boat. So that's basically another nafkamina, which is the whole mahlokit between these rabbis was by Omid. Rava will tell you, Omid, Omid, there's no mahlokit. Omid, everybody's going to say, according to the way Rava's learning, that since bottom line, you went into Shabbat. Walled. I don't care if you stopped. I don't care if you went. That, that's not. That's not the issue over here. Whereas the Bizarra will say no. Omed is going to be the problem. But Mehalechet, even the Bizarra will tell you, it is not a problem. So Kavod Gemaran says, Amar of Nachman Bar Yitzchak. Nachman Bar Yitzchak comes along and says, Matnitin Daika. The Mishnah is also Meduyekit, meaning to learn that the. Uh, Mahlokit is by Amda, where the boat stopped, and not when the boat is moving. There's no Mahlokit when the boat is moving, between, let's say, Rabbi Rabban Gamliel and Rabbi Akiba, because that's where we had a Mahlokit in the Mishnah. Rabban Gamliel held that you can walk the whole boat, and Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Akiba held you can't. So, comes the Gemara and says, I'll prove it to you that the Mahlokit is not by Mahalechet. Mimai, Medikatani from the fact that the Mishnah says, Mahaseh Shibao Mefalnadrasin. They were on the boat that came from this place called Pandanasin. Vefliga Asifina Tambayam. The boat left the port, and on Shabbat it was now in the waters. So it says, Nabi Azab and Azab and Abi Akam Liel, they walked the entire boat. They did not leave there. For Amot, why? Because the Mishnah's language was they wanted to be Mahmir. So now we have to analyze they want to be Mahmir. Is it Mutar or is it Asur? We mean they want to be Mahmir. So the Gabriel says, If you want to tell me that when the boat is traveling, everybody will hold, you can walk the entire boat. Now we understand why they were Mahmir. Because it's really mutar, the mahalech, it's good to everybody. But what? They want to be mahmir. Why should they want to be mahmir? Dilma amda. Because they were worried maybe the boat will stop short. And therefore, at the time that it stops, they're limited. So therefore, they don't want to take a chance. Maybe it's going to stop and they're not going to realize the boat stopped. So they're walking the whole entire boat. Mahalechet. But what's going to happen? Unwittingly, the boat is going to stop. They're not going to know about it. They're going to end up walking the whole boat. So we understand. Really, mahalechet is mutar. But why they were wanting to be mahmir on themselves, lest the boat stops. So then the Mishnah makes perfect sense. However, But if you say that what? That there's a mahlokit 
uh, in that case as well, which means, uh, look at Rashi, no, look at Rashi, Ela'i Amartis, Ela'i Amartis Sha'am that the call Asur, but if you're going to say, that really when the boat stops, everybody's going to say, it's Asur, the Mechitzot no Hashivi, because Mechitzot are not considered, Mechitzot, Ubi to the Pelige, and the Mahlokir is by Mechalechet, meaning, that Rabbi Akiba and Rabbi Yoshua Mahmir, even by Mahalechet, if you learn the Mahalechet differently than what we're learning, so the Gabbara says, Haratsul Ahmir Isurahu. What do you mean, Haratsul Ahmir? According to them, Mahalechet is going to be Asur. So therefore, the Lashon of the Mishnah doesn't make sense. The Lashon of the Mishnah of them being Mahmir on themselves only makes sense if you say Mahalechet is Mutar and Amda is Asur. So they were Mahmir by Mahalechet. At two, they might come to Omed. So the Mishnah is Meduyeket. Amar Ravashe, comes along and says, Matnitin name daika. The Mishnah is also Meduyeket, that the Mahloket is Ba'amidah. Uh, that the Mahloket is going to be when the boat stops. Why? Because we quote the Ravah's understanding. Ravah will tell you, Nafkamina, when the boat stops, doesn't matter. Because, bottom line, you have walls. And therefore, that, they, he learned that the Mahlouk between the Bi'akiba and the Bi'ashu'a and the Bagamliya was talking about where the boat is stationary, right? So he's going to say, the Mishnah is Meduyeket to say, that's the case where there is a Mahlouk. Now, Bikhtani, Sifina Dumya Didir Vesahar. Because the Bagamliya puts the three cases together. A Deer, a Sahar, and a boat. Ma Deer Vesahar, the Kibi'ah, just like a Deer and a Sahar are stationary, they're not moving. Ab Sifina Nameh, the Kibi'ah. So too the boat is talking about where it is, stationary. Which means, the fact that he put all three cases together, makes sense that it's talking about a similar scenario. The Deen and the Sada, and then they're in their place. And what does the Bangaliel say? You can carry the whole way. And which case of a boat was he talking about, where you can carry the whole way? Specifically where it's like a Deen and a Sada, meaning it is stationary. Uh, and what? And that case, the Yeshua and the Biyakiyah will come along and say, even if it is stationary, you are not going to be allowed to carry The Mahlokit is going to be in a case of Amda. And that's going to be based on the way you understand the uh, logic of uh, which they are to carry on the boat. Because according to Rabbi uh, Zera, uh, according to Rabbi Zera, the whole logic was because the boat is moving. So once the boat stops, so according to the Yoshua and the Akiba, he's going to tell once the boat stops, it's Omedet. Omedet is going to be Asur. But how do you know we're talking about the case of Omedet? And the fact that the Mishnah bunched up the case of Deer and Sahar with boat. So Rav uh, told Rav Indeed follows when it comes to the boat that what? That you can carry the entire uh, boat. Kabbalah says, you tell me that Halakha follows that. It's mashma that you're telling me uh, that uh, somebody argues. Now, really, uh, in a case where the boat, let's say, is moving, nobody argues, which is even the rabbis of the Mishnah. They were mahmir. But in principle, they say if the boat is moving, technically, you can catch it. So what do you have to tell me? On a moving boat, you carry the whole way through. On a moving boat, the according to everybody, you should be allowed to carry. Even the rabbis of the Mishnah were only being mahmir. So the Gemara says, uh, yes, there is a mahlokit. The Atanyas will show you in the Braita, Hananya. Uh, let's get the text. Hananya Omer. Hananya says, Kol oto hayom. That whole day that the rabbis were on the boat, Yashvu vidanu bidbar halakha. Well, when the rabbis were on the boat on Shabbat, what do you think they were doing on the boat? They were, they were discussing halakha. And they said on the boat, Eme shikhriya ahi abba halakha kerabban gamliel. So one of the rabbis said, Yesterday, my uncle, that's my father's brother, which means Hananya was talking. Hananya was a nephew of Rabbi Yoshua. So he came along and he was on the boat. So he said, you should know, yesterday, my father's brother, Rabbi Yoshua said, Halakha kerabban gamliel b'sfina, v'halakha kerabbi akiva b'dir v'sahar. 
So clearly we have a Braita over here that does say that the halacha does follow Rabban Gamliel by the boat, implying that there are others that argue, which is why would you have to go out of your way to say halacha ke Rabban Gamliel v'sfina? Must be that the shitot somewhere that are going to say that it's going to be a su- not not an Al-Mishnah. Al-Mishnah's mashma, everybody agrees if the boat is moving, it'll be okay. And the rabbis of the Akiva and the are only being mahmir. But from the fact that we have a statement that Hananiah quoted his uncle to say, that's coming from a Braita, that is mashma, that there are other opinions over there, for some reason they're going to say that indeed the boat is going to be a suit. Look at Rashi. We're going to go into the into the opinion, right? That's what you see. That she just says that you do see that there is an machloket by a sefina. So let's review the points over here. Comes out in the conclusion of this gemara. The gemara does say alachaz like a by sefina. So that would mean that if a boat left the tomb of Shabbat, doesn't matter. You still will be allowed to carry throughout the entire boat. Now that's a, an important halakha if a person's on a boat on Shabbat. He's on a cruise, he's on a, you know, uh, an area. Yeah, you could walk the entire, not carry, it doesn't carry. Talking about walking the entire boat, it doesn't affect your tomb. Now, the, according to uh, this, you just have to know if you stopped. Now again, if you're saying that that's the machloket in the Mishnah, and you still tell me that what? Halakha follows Gamliel. I don't care. Even if the boat stops, he's going to tell me, it'll be permissible to carry in the avir of the Nechitzot. So again, this is a very important Gemara for those that uh, find themselves on a boat. Because you always, you know, inevitably, if the boat is traveling, you are going to go outside your tomb, where you are from before Shabbat. The boat's moving. So you want to know, can I, am I stuck in my room, in my cabin on Shabbat, or can I... Uh, Travel more. So the Gemara is saying very clearly several times, Therefore, he held for whatever reasons. But according to the Gemara, it's even according to the conclusion of the Gemara when the boat stops. The Gemara says that was the Mahlok between the Gemara and the Biakiva and the Biyoshua. Everybody agrees. It's no problem. So therefore, it's an important halakha. Of course, we're not saying halakha uh, with all ramifications. There's many other details, which we'll have to see we will discuss in halakha. Comes to give and continues. Another question. Rav Hananya. New question. Yes, We're going to discuss now where are the laws of Tehomim apply? Do the laws apply even above 10 Tefahim? It's for sure the laws of Tehomim apply on the ground. When you're walking on level ground, the laws of Tehomim apply, which means you can't go 2,000 or more, past your Eruv, etc. But we want to know, let's say you're elevated. You're high up. You're more than 10 Tefahim high. Does the laws of Tehomim apply, let's say, in the air, in a, after a certain height? Which means, since the whole logic of Tehomim is what? Hiluch, the place where people walk. So maybe in a certain... Elevated area, it's not considered the place where normal people walk. Therefore, it's not subject to the law of tomb. So the Gemara asks, the Gemara says, Gemara. So the Gemara says, that's right. Amud Gavoa Asara. If you ever say a Amud, uh, a beam, or a, uh, a pole, Amud is a little wider usually. A pillar. Amud Gavoas, that's 10 Tefahim high. Verachav Arba'ah. And it's, it's wide. It's 4 Tefahim wide. Lotiv'ilach. Don't ask that. The Ar'asa Mikhtahi. That's considered like ground. Meaning, something that's easily walkable, since it's 4 Tefahim wide, even though it's 10 Tefahim high, when a guy's walking, let's say, in the Rishut Arabim, they're not carrying it, but home. He's walking. So, it's normal, for example, let's say there was a mound in the Rishut Arabim. What does the guy do? He walks, he walks up the mountain, he walks down the mountain. It's, it's easily accessible. That's going to be considered part of the ground. Called that al Same thing. If you have, let's say, a, um, a amud, it's ten high, four wide. Well, since it's wide, you're really able to, to, to walk on it because it has the width. So therefore, in that case over there, we're not asking. 
in that case, for sure, this area is going to be subject to the laws of Tum. Meaning, if that is where your Tum ends, you're not going to be allowed to continue walking on that item. That's subject to Tum, because it's easily, you know, walkable. So what's the question? You know, he'll ask a question where, where the question was really asked. It's ten high. But it's narrow. It's less than four. So people really don't walk on things that are less than four. Why? Because it's very, you have to, it's like a tightrope. It's very, very narrow. So there the question is, it's ten high. So maybe I'll tell you, since it's not so easily walkable, maybe the laws of Tum don't apply. That's one scenario where the question was asked. Scenario number two, Ina de ka'azil bikfisa. Now this is an interesting case. Or the question was asked where a person is flying. Now in the olden days they did not have planes. So what's the government asking? Kifisa, he's flying. So that she says he's using a, uh, one of the names of a Kadosh Baruch Hu, one of the Kabbalistic names, and he's, uh, he's flying. That she's language is... Beshem. Exactly. He's using one of the names of a Kadosh Baruch Hu. He's flying, so therefore he's not on the ground. So is there a law of tome in the airbound? Now, this would be a question on an airplane, which means a person finds himself on a plane, you know, for somehow, some reason, a delay or whatever it is on Shabbat. So now you want to know, are there tehomim up there? Comes the Gemara and says, Lishna harina bisfina. Or the question is on a boat. What's the she'ela on a boat? So the Gemara asks, because a, uh, a boat is technically on the water. So the she'ela is going to be, do you say there's tehomim on the water or not? Because the water is elevated, obviously, off the ground. So basically there's three questions. You have an amud that's narrow, it's not so easily walkable, flying or boat. Which is, to what extent did the rabbis put the law of tehomim? So the Gemara Amar Tashema. We'll bring you a proof. Ma'aseh Shebaam Efandrasin Al-Mishnah. The rabbis came from this place called Fandrasim, Vifligas Finatambayam, right? They both went out to the ocean on Shabbat. If you say that there is indeed Tehomim on the ocean, on the waters, Ratsu. That's why the rabbis wanted to be Mahmir, which was the whole discussion. Can they carry on the boat? Can't they carry on the boat? Obviously, obviously the hell there is Tehomim on the boat. And the hell that they went out of the Tehomim on Shabbat. Therefore, the whole question was, you yeah, know, if you tell me there's no, uh, Tehomim on the waters, What's the, what's the discussion? Why do they want to be mahmir? So the Gemara says, no, which means they were concerned, when do we say there might not be tehomin on the boat in the water, when the boat is elevated from the floor of the, the bed of the ocean, Tentevahim. That's already, but if let's say the boat is navigating in shallow waters, that's called the Rekik, shallow waters, then everybody will agree, since it's close to the ground, it's going to be considered Tehomin. So really, I'll tell you, you have no proof. Really, I can tell you, maybe on a regular ocean, that's high, deep waters, there is no Tehomin. Oh, so why did the rabbis now, Mishnah, Mahmir, should we walk on the boat? Should we walk on the boat? Because we were talking about Rekik, it's shallow waters. So, for example, to be sure and to be like, we're concerned that the boat might navigate itself into shallow waters, therefore going to be subject to the laws of so you have no ra'ayah from Mishnah that there is tehumin in waters that are higher than ten tefahim. Kavz Gemaran says, I tashema. I bring you another proof. Also Al Mishnah. If you remember in Al Mishnah it says, the boat was docking at Hashecha. Uh, so the Bangam Liel, they wanted to know exactly where their tomb was from going into Shabbat. So you remember he took out his uh, binoculars and he looked and he told them, don't worry, we were within 2,000 amot of the port going into Shabbat, therefore we can get off the boat, we can go walk into the city. So the Gebarah says, If there is Tuhamin on the waters, that's why the Ban Gemaliel was looking to see how close they were to the port going into Shabbat, because there is an inyan of Tuhamin. Which is even if they weren't in the tomb before Shabbat, what's the difference? There's no tomb. Bottom line, once they get to the port, that becomes their uh, that becomes their tomb. Why were they trying to figure out where were they at Hashecha? The only reason why I was trying to analyze where they were at Hashecha 
is to know if they were within the tomb of the city, whether they were on the water. And that must be because why? Yesh techumin halayam. Kibra says the same answer we just said. Kibra says, Amar Ababim halechet berekek. No, I'll tell you the issue was with shallow waters. Therefore, since shallow waters, everybody will agree that there is tahmid. Therefore, there was no uh, question. Tashema comes to Gemara and says, "Come and listen." There were seven different halachot regarding the laws of terefot. Seven laws were said over. That were said on Shabbat morning. That were said in front of Rav Hazda in Surah. There was Yeshiv in Babel in Surah. So they're telling you, Shabbat morning, they said over seven halachot in the laws of Terefot. Okay, so what does God do for us? So Gebra says, On Shabbat afternoon, these halachot were said over to Rava, which was far from Surah. So now the question is, who... Who transferred the information here? Somebody told Rabah information in one city, and of Hazda in another city. So the Gemara wants to know, obviously Surat Pumpedita is outside the Tum. To walk it, it's more than 2,000 Amor, so there's no way you can walk. So the person that gave the information on these seven Alachot to two rabbis, obviously was outside the Tum. Even setting up an Iruv to get the extra 2,000 Amot, it's not going to do it. Outside, there's no way technically you could walk it from Surah to Pompedita. So the Gemara says, Man Amrinu. Who was the one that said the halakot over? Lav Eliyahu Amrinu. Must have been Eliyahu Navi. Which means Eliyahu Navi flies. Eliyahu Navi, as we learned in the Nevi'im, he doesn't, well, he has the ability to fly. So it must have been, he was in. Uh, Surah in the morning and Pupuduta in the afternoon. Now, Eliyahu Navi, we could assume, is following the halakha. So, therefore, what do you see? There's no tomb in the air. When you're airbound, there's no tomb. Because Eliyahu Navi flew from Surah to Pupuduta to give the halakha to the rabbis. So the Gibra says, Who told you? Oh, Gibra says, Wait. Alma ma'asala. We see what? Above time to Fahim, there is no tahumin. Gibra says, Law. Dilma Yosef Shida Amdinu. There was another guy called Yosef the Shed, Yosef the Demon. So Yosef the Demon obviously is not Shem Shabbat. <laughs> so therefore, could be he's the one that flew from Surah to Pumpedita, and he was given the halachot of uh, Terefot. And if we have no proof, maybe I'll tell you, it's the homin above ten. But what Yosef Shida, Yosef the Demon is uh Nahal Shabbat. <laughs> so comes the Gemara and says, okay, so you have no proof. Tashema. Hareni Nazir, a guy makes a vow. I am going to be a Nazir beyom sheben David ba. He says, my Nazirut will kick in his room and he can't drink wine, he can't be metamet to the dead. You know the laws of a Nazir, grapes, etc. When is my Nazir going to kick in? It's conditional. On the day Mashiach comes. That's the day that my Nazirut kicks in. So the Gemara says, mutal ishtot yain b'shabbatot u'biyamim tobim. So he's allowed to drink wine on Shabbat and on Yom Tov. However, Ubehol Liamitobin, the Asun Shtot Yain Kolyemotahol. So you're worried that Mashiach might surface during the week. So therefore, if he comes during the week, let's say he comes uh, Monday afternoon. Right? So then Yunizirut started already Monday morning, right? Or Sunday night. So therefore, during the week, you have to be concerned that Mashiach is going to show up. Therefore, you have to be concerned that Yenizirut is hal. Therefore, the whole week, yeah. But on Yom Tov and Shabbat, you don't have to be concerned that Mashiach is coming. So the Gemara says, If you're going to say that what? There is Tehum, meaning above Tentifachayim. Because the assumption is, why is Mashiach cannot come on Shabbat? Because the assumption is he's going to have a tomb problem. He's got to obviously travel. And it seems he's going to be above Tentifahim. Either he's coming down from Shamaim or he's going to be airborne somehow. And therefore they're telling you from this deen of the Nazir that what? That his Nazirut does not kick in on Shabbat and Yom Tov. Must be why? Because it's a tomb issue. That's why Mashiach can't come on Shabbat. Because he cannot transgress the laws of Tehumin. However... 
which means if you're going to tell me that there's no tomb issues, so the Mashiach can even come on Shabbat. And Yom Tov, therefore, the Zirut should be hal even on those days. So the Gemara's assumption over here is that the only reason that Mashiach cannot come on Shabbat is because Yesh Techomim Nemala Ma'asara, and therefore, he's following the Halakha, obviously, therefore, he's, uh, he's restricted. So the Gemara says, no, 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 no. Shaniata, it's different. That's not the reason over here. The Amar Kera, because we have another Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Hine Anuchi Shodayach Lachem Et Eliyah Anavi. We know that Eliyahu Navi is going to come before Mashiach. Eliyahu Navi is going to come and herald the coming of Mashiach before he comes. So therefore the Gemara says that once you know this fact, that Eliyahu Navi has to come first, which means if Mashiach was coming on Shabbat, Eliyahu Navi would have shown up already on Friday. Because Eliyahu Navi has to come the day before. So the Gemara is telling you, why on Shabbat don't you have to be concerned that Mashiach is coming? Because you would have known that he's coming. Because Eliyahu Navi would have to show up on Friday. I mean, it's not a tone issue. It's just a fact that you know that he doesn't. The Gemara is going to ask the obvious question. But let's get to go one step at a time. At this point the Gemara is saying, Shabbat you don't have to be concerned because you know he's not coming. Why? Eliyahu Navi did not come on Friday. So the Gemara is, So for that matter, during the week as well, Every day of the week should also be permissible not to have the Zeruai. Because Eliyahu didn't come the day before. Which means, on a Tuesday, it should be permissible to drink wine. Why? Because you know Messiah is not coming that Tuesday. Because Eliyahu Navi would have been there on Monday. So they were, for the same logic, you're telling me on Shabbat, your Nizirut doesn't kick in. Your Nizirut shouldn't kick in even on the weekday. So think about it, okay, here's the issue. The concern is over here that during the week, the assumption is, you know why you can't drink? I could say maybe really Eliyahu Navi came. But what? He's in the Bedina Gadol. You don't know. He went to Jerusalem. He went to the Sanhedrin. He surfaced. And therefore, you don't know that he came yet. So therefore, you have to assume that Tuesday, Mashiach came. It's just that you didn't hear about it yet. So the Gibbara says, if that's the case, and if that's the case, then on Shabbat also, why do you assume that Maybe he came already, and you just didn't hear him. He came to the Beddin. For the same reason you tell me during the week you have to be Mahmir. So you have to be Mahmir on Shabbat as well. So the Gemara says, no, Kevar muftah le'en Yisrael. We have a tradition. That what? She'en Eliyahu ba lo ba'arbe Shabbatot ve lo ba'arbe yamim tovim be'pene ha-Torah. We have a tradition. Eliyahu and Avi will not come on Eid of Shabbat and Eid of Yom Tov. He cannot come on those days. Why can he come on those days? The Gemara says, Because of the inconvenience, because of the difficulty. What's the Torah? Look at Rashi on the uh, second, uh, second line. Panav. I mean, you're going to have to greet Eliyahu Navi. Eliyahu Navi shows up, you have, to, you have to go out and greet him. Everybody's preparing for, uh, for Shabbat. So therefore, uh, since we know what, we know that Eliyahu Navi has to come a day before the Mashiach. <coughs> and therefore we know that what? He cannot come on Friday and Eid of Yom Tov. So therefore you know Mashiach cannot come on Shabbat. So therefore on Shabbat the Nizirut is not going to kick in. During the week, could be Eliyahu Navi came. You didn't know about it. He's at the Beit Din already. And therefore Mashiach uh, can't come on that day. And therefore you have to be Mahmir. This comes to and says, Kasal At this point we're assuming Again, what I want to say like this, at, the, at this assumption over here, we're assuming, just like, Mashi, just like Eliyahu Navi cannot, doesn't come on these days, Erev Shabbat and Erev Yom Tov, because of the Torah, we're assuming also that Mashiach follows the same thing. Mashiach is also not going to come uh, on, on when? Let's see when he's not going to come. I'll tell you. 
the Gemara says like this, Mashiach's also not going to come on these days because of the Torah, meaning he's not going to come on Erev Shabbat and Erev Yom Tov for the same logic. You have to go greet him and it's going to be a Torah. So the Gemara says, according to that, which means, if Mashiach's not going to come on Friday, so why? You should be able to drink wine on Friday as well. You only told me what? On Shabbat it's permissible. The Chaurah, if Mashiach cannot come on a Friday, just like Eliyahu and Avi cannot come on a Friday, it should be permissible to drink wine on Friday as well. Mashiach can't come on Friday. Why? Because it's Torah. Eliyahu can't come on a Friday, but Mashiach can't come on a Friday. Why? Because once Mashiach comes, Because everybody's going to be the slaves of, of, of the Jews. And therefore, we're not worried about Torah. Which is, you're worried about, you have, to, you have to prepare for Shabbat. Doesn't matter, Mashiach comes, everybody can, let the Goyim prepare for you. Let them take care of your, 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 your needs. And you can go greet the Mashiach. So therefore, there is a problem on Friday. The only day of the week you don't have to worry about is what? Shabbat and Yom Tov. Again, why? Because since Eliyahu and Nevi has to come a day before, and we know Eliyahu cannot come on Friday, so therefore you don't have to be concerned that Shabbat was the day of Mashiach. But Friday indeed can be a day of Mashiach. Why? Tirha? No Tirha. So comes the and says, no, could be Eliyahu and Avi came on Thursday to the Beit Gadol. No, could be he's in the Beit Gadol. You didn't hear about the, the Beit He's in Jerusalem. It could be Mashiach's here already. So therefore you have to be concerned. And he can come. He can surface on Friday. Because there's no Tirha issue because we have Abadim. So the Gemara says, Bechad de So the Gemara says, Lefachot on Sunday, it should be okay. Sunday, he should be permissible to drink wine. Why on Sunday it should be permissible to drink wine? Rashi. Fourth line. Bechad de Shabbat lishtere. Devaday lo ata Mashiach hayom. Da'it mol be Shabbat lo ata Eliyahu. Right, Eliyahu and Avi could not come on Shabbat. Why? Which means the assumption is like this. For the fact that you're telling me Sunday is a concern, that means you're assuming that what? Eliyahu must have came on Shabbat somewhere. Now, Eliyahu flies. So must be what? In Tehumin. The only way Eliyahu and Avi can come on Shabbat is if you hold in Tehumin the Ma'alam Asara. So therefore the Gemara is saying, the fact that you were saying the guy to drink wine on Sunday, that means what? Because maybe that day Mashiach is going to come. That means what? Eliyahu and Nevi had to come on Shabbat. And the only way Eliyahu and Nevi comes on Shabbat, he flies above ten. And you must hold what? He's following the Allah, therefore, in Tehumin. So Sunday is your proof that in Tehumin, Lema'ala, Na'asara. So the Gemara says, Lifshot Mineh, south from there, the in Tehumin. Because if there was Tehomim, Because the can't come on because of the issue of Tehomim. Kemara says, no proof. The rabbi really holds us. I don't know if Tehomim is above 10 or not. And therefore, he has to always take it to the stringency. Which means on the side that in Tehomin Shabbat. So I have to assume that what? Maybe Eliyahu and Avi showed up on Shabbat because in Tehomin. And therefore Sunday Mashiach can come, therefore the Nizirut kicks in. But that's a Humrah. He's not saying it conclusively. He's saying, but it's also possible that really, yes, Tehomin Asara. And therefore, I'll tell you, I don't want you going above. Uh, 10 on Shabbat, because could be there is, but I don't know, I'm a supak. Therefore, don't bring a proof from the blight of the fact that it was so serious to drink wine on Sunday, that it's conclusive. Could be it was just being mahmir. Again, if you don't know if there's tehomin above or not, then you have to assume mahmir, that what, maybe there isn't tehomin, that's being mahmir in this case, why? Because to say there isn't tehomin, makes it that Eliyahu and Avi was able to, to come, and therefore, Mashiach can come on Sunday, therefore the Nizir. But that's, he's not saying that conclusively again. He's not saying that that's the deen. He's being Mahmir. That on the side that maybe there's no Tehomim, we have to be Mahmir on the Nazir. 
You understand? By saying no tehumin above asara is a humrah here. Because we're being strict on the nazi that it would not be to drink on. So if you're going to come along and say, yes tehumin alam asara, then it's a leniency in this case. Because you're telling the nazir, that the Yawan for sure didn't come Shabbat, you could drink on Sunday. So he said, all you just see from over here is that he didn't know what the deen is, so he played safe. He took Humrot. Now the Gemara has a side question. When did the guy make this Nadir? Now we're going back to a technical point. The guy that made a Nadir, I am a Nazir, when the day Mashiach comes. What day of the week did he make his vow? If let's say he made his nadir during the week. Okay? Which means, during the week we say what? He's a nazir. Because Mashiach can come on any of those days. So how then does the subsequent Shabbat or Yom Tov break a nazirut that happened during the week. Which means if the guy's standing on a Tuesday and the guy says, I ain't gonna be the Nazir if Mashiach comes today. Since Mashiach can come today, because I assume that maybe the Nabi came the day before, he got to the Betin, you didn't see him, and therefore Mashiach's here already. Therefore your Nizirut is hal on Tuesday. So once your Nizirut is hal on Tuesday, how is it possible to say then that Shabbat, the Nizirut, goes off? Already the Nizirut was on you from before. Look at Rashi. Look at Rashi. Kevan dehal alin nizut be'erib Shabbat. Let's take the case closest to Shabbat. On Friday also we say the guy is a nazir. Umesafka dilma ata Mashiach hayom lebetin agadol. You worried maybe Mashiach got there? He just didn't surface too because he's in the betin. Hechi mishtere l'shtot demachad b'Shabbat diyuz dilma ata lebetin agadol me'etmon. Which means if Mashiach got there on Friday. And you're telling you, the guy, what? You're a Nazir today. How can you drink wine on Shabbat? You told him, Shabbat, you're okay. What do you mean? You're a Nazir from Friday. You just didn't see the Messiah yet because the Messiah is in, uh, in Jerusalem. So how can the Brayta say very clearly, during the week, you have to be Mahmir. Shabbat, you're okay. How can you say Shabbat, you be okay? If your Nazir started on Friday, so you're a Nazir already. So the Gemara says, Ela dekae b'shabbeta. The only case where Shabbat is no nizirut is where the guy made his nedir on Shabbat. That's when he started. Now let's understand this. The ka'ib Shabbat, it's on Shabbat. The kanadar. And he made his nedir on Shabbat. Ubi yom tov, the kanadar. And he made his nedir on yom tov. Now, vahu yomad sharile, mikan ve'ilach asile. Meaning, from that day on, if Mashiach comes, it's going to be Asur. But anything that happened before was not part of his nedir. Which means, when the guy standing on Shabbat and says, I'm going to make a nedir if Mashiach comes, on the day Mashiach comes. That means from this day on. Yeah, you're right. Mashiach could have been already in the Beitin on Friday. But that's not part of his nedir. Because once he starts on Shabbat, he's saying from this day on, if Mashiach comes. Whatever happened before, doesn't, doesn't affect me. So therefore, you're right. Could be Mashiach did come on Friday. Could be he came before to the Beitina Gadol and you didn't see him. But that doesn't affect this guy's nedir. So the only case that a Shabbat and Yom Tov are not going to be subject to this nedir is the first Shabbat and Yom Tov on the day that they made it. But any other scenario, Shabbat and Yom Tov is a nedir, is a nedir as well. Which means, if the guy made the nedir on Sunday, so now already he finished. It's, he's a he's he's, he's, a, he's, he's, a, he's, he's a nazir. All during the days of the week has to be uh, concerned that he's a nazir. Shabbat comes. He also has to be concerned that what that the Messiah came to Friday, which was after we made his nadir, came to the Beitin. He didn't see him, and therefore Shabbat's not going to undo it. The only Shabbat that he's not subject to the nadir is the first Shabbat, and that Shabbat that he made the nadir. Okay, that's the scenario. Comes the Gemara continues. Gemara just wants to discuss some uh, interesting points over here. What happened was, they got to the port on Shabbat. So the Mishnah said, they wanted to know where they were when the starting of Shabbat. So it says, the Bangam Liyah on the boat took out a hollow tube and he looked through it in order to make a, uh, an assessment how far they were away. 
And then he came along and said, don't worry, we're within 2,000 amot of the port, therefore within the Tum of Shabbat, we're okay. So the Gemara wants to say, Gemara says, Tana, Shifafirat, I tell Gamliel. He had a Shifafirat, no, a uh, tube, a hollow tube, narrow tube. He was able to see 2,000 amot on dry land. And he was able to also see 2,000 amah in the yam. He had a certain apparatus, a narrow, you know, uh, like, 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 like a form of a, a, a type of telescope or something. It didn't have lenses, but the point is it was constructed in a certain way where he was able to make these measurements. Now, now the Gemara is just going to give you some, uh, some uh, different types of uh, ways of calculating things. A person is in a valley. For some reason, the guy wants to know the depth of a valley. How do you calculate the depth of a valley? So the Gemara says, Mevi shifoferet. Bring one of these uh, shifoferet. Right, these uh, hollow uh, tubes. That already you tested it on dry land. So you know already how much distance... It gives you. Let's say, you know, it's a 2,000 amah shefoferet. You can see 2,000 amah on dry land. Now what do you do? Umabitba. Go to the valley and look down. Okay? Now, as you're looking down at the valley, so you're able to see the bottom. Then what are you supposed to do? Keep on walking back. Until you cannot see the bottom of the valley anymore. Which means... When, you, when you're standing close, obviously you're looking down, you can see it. So keep on stepping back until you're not able to see the floor anymore of the valley. And then what? You'll know exactly how deep it is. How? So he makes the calculation, the way that she explains it is, is you take the maximum distance that this Shefovirit is able to see, for example, 2,000 amma, and you subtract from it the steps that you took back. Let's say you took 50 amma back, and at the 50 amma point you weren't unable to see the floor anymore. So therefore, you take 2,000, you minus uh, 50, so you know the depth of the valley is 1,950 amma. So that's the calculation they're telling you how to calculate a depth of a a valley. A guy wants to calculate how tall a palm tree is. He wants to know how tall the palm tree is. Modet komato vetsilo. Vetsel komato yeda kama gova shel Which means, measure his own height. A guy, let's say, is uh, six feet. Measure his, measure his height. Now, vetsilo. Also measure... How tall your shadow is. Stand, you know, you're six. Now look how tall your shadow is. Now, Vetzel Komato. Now, you measure your shadow and the tree's shadow. The ratio between you and your shadow will be the same ratio between the tree and its shadow. Which means, Guy knows, let's say, his shadow is twice as tall as he is. That's, a, that's the thing. That, that, that's the ratio. Let's say it's, it's two to one. So therefore, measure the dekel, right? And you don't know the dekel, but you can measure the shadow of the dekel, because that you see, right? That's there. So therefore, you know it's also the same ratio of two to one, and therefore, whatever your ratio to your shadow is, that's the ratio of the shadow of the dekel to the dekel. And then you'll be able to calculate. The shadow of the dekel to the dekel. I guess, let's read that inside again. Haroseli da kama govoshel dekel, modet komato vetsilo. You measure your height and the shadow of the dekel, vetsel komato, and the tsel of your height. And yeda kama gova Okay, same ratio. Obviously, it has to be the same type of thing, of course. Harotzesh not the shnei height. Last point. Last point. Harotzesh not the shnei hayara abetzel kever. A person wants to make sure that wild animals do not go and take shade in the shade of a 
kevet of a coffin. Let me explain to you what happened in the olden days. In a hot day, the animals want to seek shelter. It's too hot for them. So what do they do? They have a kevet in the cemetery. The kevet now, it's a, it's, a, it's a rectangle, let's say. So now, on one side of the kevet, there's a, a shade, there's a shadow. So what do the animals do? The animals would go and see that shady spot that would hang out next to the kevarim. What would happen? They'd smell the niftar, they would dig them up, they would eat them up. So now a guy wants to protect his cave that the animals are not going to seek shade underneath it. So the Gebelah says, If you want to ensure that the animals are not going to go into the shadow of a cave, so what should you do? Gebelah gives you a solution. Take a pole and just put it in the ground. This is for testing purposes. Exactly at the fourth hour of the day, that's when the sun starts to get hot, and that's when the uh, shadows start to form, right? So you have shade. And see exactly at that point, where's the shadow? Which side is the shadow on? Does the shadow go from the, the right side of the pole, or does it go on the left side of the pole? First you're trying to get, to get you have to get to know you, the direction here. Exactly where the, where the shadow is. Once you determine which side the shade is on, then... Go to that side of the coffin and make a, a slope. Instead of keeping like a straight wall on that side, make a hill going down. So therefore there's no shadow over there on that side. So therefore the animals cannot go to that spot. So you got rid of the shadow. Now, granted on the other side, it's still open for shade. So that she tells us, by that time... When the sun already gets onto the other side, even the shadows and the shady spots are hot already. So it's because already the sun was beating on that spot for the whole morning. That shadow doesn't come to like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And therefore, by that time, it's not worth it for the animal to go seek out that shade because there's really not that much difference between the sun area and the shady area. When is the shady area beneficial? In the morning. In the, in the early morning, like we learned in Masechet Benachot, that it's, there's a time in the morning, the fourth hour, when the shade is cool and the sunny spots are hot. But even the shady areas are warm. So therefore it's not worth it for the animal. Or the explanation is simpler. That what? By that time already, the animal has sought shelter already. So at 12 o'clock, he's not looking for shade already. He's, he's, he's in his bunker somewhere else. So therefore you only have to really slope one side. Okay, Baruch Adonai Amen, Amen.